You may be seated. And I want to take a moment to, uh, to again thank, if you're a veteran or if you're currently serving, I just want you to stand for us just to say, again, th- yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, come on. Thank you so much. Mm. Thank you for our freedom. Yeah. 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 We can't say thank you enough. You may be seated. Mm. Never, ever, never, ever, never, ever, never, ever forget what these folks have done for us so that we can worship the one true God freely, openly. Again, thank you guys and ladies for serving and continue to serve for us because some of our brothers and sisters in Christ right now in different countries, man, they can't do what we're doing. They got to do it in secret. They gather together because they may be eliminated if they do it outwardly. So again, thank you. Thank you. Mm. You guys... You guys, again, been enjoying this 10 instruction series. I mean, I I have, and and we're going to continue. And today is, ah, today is one that I definitely need, the fourth instruction. So will you join me in prayer? God, please, mm, please open our minds and our hearts to your truth here this morning. God, as we ask you every week, And please pour out your Holy Spirit on us so that we can understand your truth and live your truth. And in this instruction, I think this instruction is, for at least for me, is why I call all these 10 that you've given us, these 10, I call them love instructions. Because this one in particular, man, this is just a statement of love on your behalf. You have our best interest at heart in giving us this this, this instruction, this practical instruction on how to live life. It's actually an instruction to give us life, God. So may we have ears to hear, may we embrace it, and please give us the strength and courage to live your truth, to be a people of your truth this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray and ask, amen. There was this uh, corporate lawyer on vacation. Now that's kind of an oxymoron, okay? And uh, if you ever see that, because it's a rarity, take a picture of it, if you can actually identify a corporate lawyer taking a vacation. If they're on a beach, a lot of times they're still in like a suit, you know what I mean, suit and tie, and you can see them trying to take, well, yeah, bend there. So there's this corporate lawyer on vacation on a tropical beach. And uh, he's, he's yelling into his, his cell phone at someone, and that's kind of more how corporate lawyers operate, right? And then he hangs up with a snarl, and he waits for a return call. He looks up from his cell phone, and he sees this this local fisherman dozing in the shade of his fishing boat that he, that he had pulled up onto the beach. And this, uh, this, this, this local fisherman, he wakes up from his nap. And so this corporate lawyer, he sees him and he decides he's going to have a cross-cultural exchange with this, with this local fisherman. And so, and, so, and so this local fisherman comes up, this corporate lawyer comes up to this local fisherman and says, Hey, why aren't you out there fishing? It's a beautiful day, and there's lots of fish out there to catch. And this local fisherman, he says, I already caught enough this morning. But the corporate lawyer says, but, but if you would just go out a couple more times this afternoon, you would have one third, at least one-third more fish to sell. Don't you see what that would mean? And this local fisherman 
has this puzzled look on his face and he shakes his head. And, and so this corporate lawyer, this is what we corporate lawyers do. We clap our hands together and we rub them when we have a really good idea. So he, he goes, ooh, well, this is, this, 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 this is what happens. If you would go out and do that, you, you could take the extra money and buy yourself a motorboat. And then you wouldn't have to rely on the wind and the muscles to catch fish in your boat. And then after a couple years of this more and more of this revenue coming in, you could buy yourself another fishing boat. And then you could, then you, and, and, and then you could develop a fishing fleet. And, and then you could start an export business. And, 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 then, and, then you, and then you could build this processing plant, right? Your own one, like right up the North Shore here, right over here. And then you could buy trucks, because then you could ship your fish directly from here to the capital. And then, and the fisherman goes, and then what? Oh, and the lawyer says, and then with this, with this triumphant smile, and then after you build up your business, you could retire and enjoy the beauty of your ocean, dozing in the afternoon, taking a nap. As that lawyer's cell phone began to ring again, the fisherman looked at the lawyer and said, what do you think I'm doing right now? <laughs> Why is it that we have such a difficult time doing what the fisherman is doing? According to uh, one report, 52% of Americans had unused PTO at the end of 2017. And one third of the respondents say that they felt like they couldn't use all their PTO because their to-do list kept them tethered to their desk. Other respondents said that they were afraid to take all their PTO because they thought their employer may think that they, they weren't really needed. Other respondents <laughs> said that, well, we, we only take working vacations. What is that? I know what that is because I, 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 I did it. It's really a statement of arrogance to our families. Like I'm too important to just relax with you. Other pe people need me. That's how important I am. And, and how many people here, when you, when you, do, when you do take a va vacation, feel like you have to work twice as hard before and after just so you don't lose ground? Yeah. What's up with that? Right? And for those of us who still work, I know there's some people that are probably retired here, and we don't want to go off on that tangent. I know retirees say, Dave, you should see my to-do list. I get it. But for those of us who continue to work, how many of us feel like we work too many long hours, that we take our, home with, home, our work home with us, even if it's just in our head, we have all these demands, all these demands on our time. For some of us, it seems like we can never leave our work. Thanks to emails and text messages and smartphones and laptops, it's like our work goes with us every, everywhere. How many of us have said this? Come on, be honest. How many of us said this? I wish there were a few more hours in the day. I used to say that, and then I had a moment of a clarity. If that wish was granted, that would mean I just have two more hectic hours in my day. My, my mental to-do list wouldn't get smaller. It would actually get bigger. And how many of us, if, again, if we're going to be honest, how many of us wonder whether all this is worth it anyway. And our lives seem to have no real purpose beyond getting up, going to work, accumulating things, paying bills, 
and then running here, there, and everywhere, going to bed, getting up, going to work, accumulating things, paying bills, running here, there, and everywhere. Hmm. Do you ever feel like life is just one big run-on sentence? Yeah. One day, my music teacher walked into class. Yes, believe it or not, I had a music teacher. I played an instrument. I was in concert band. I try to downplay that because I don't want Ashley to be tempted to bring me up here to play my trombone or to try to harmonize with him, okay? So I downplay that. I actually can read music, although I downplay that, right? But one day, our music, our music, our music teacher came into class, and, and he began to play notes of this song, just one after the other. And it was, we were like, I think we can tell this song, but it was, it was kind of annoying. And then he stopped, and then he played the song again the way the composer had written it with rests between the notes. And we immediately became aware of the song. And then our, 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 our music teacher said something to this, something like this to us. He said, he said, it's not really the notes that give the music meaning. It's really the rests between the notes that do. Maybe, I don't know, maybe if we took regular rests between our work, it would help it would help give our work meaning. Are, are you following me here? And so God gives us this, I call it a love instruction. Oh, this is a really good love instruction that God gives us in Exodus chapter 20, beginning at verse eight. God says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor your nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he, God, rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So we remember the Sabbath by resting and keeping it holy. What does that mean? We're gonna look at rest. We're gonna look at holy. So let's begin with rest. If if this fourth love instruction, and that's how I want you to see this, if this fourth love instruction has something to do with rest, then what do we need rest from? I know you're saying that work, right? Are you there? I want you to look at it this way. What do we need rest from? We need rest from the endless nature of our work. Does that make sense? So many of us are exhausted and overwhelmed by the endless nature of our work. I saw a tweet the other week that said this, by Sunday, I'm dead tired. And then it starts over again on Monday. Like all these gadgets and devices that are supposed to make our, our life better have failed to do so. Why? Because they make us constantly available. Hear me on this. God gives us this fourth instruction to set us free from the tyranny of the 24-7 life. Uh, let, me, let me say that again. God gives us this fourth love instruction to set us free from the tyranny of the 24-7 life. Okay, let me, let me say it one more time. God gives us this fourth love instruction to set us free from the tyranny of the 24-7 life. I mean, yeah, 
one day in seven, we are to rest. Why? Why does God want to give us this Sabbath rest? Well, because rest is part of the creation order. It's part of the creation cycle. Rest is an essential element of what it means to be a human being. And when you really think about it, rest is an essential element of what it means to be created in the image of God because even God rested on the seventh day of creation, blessing it and calling it holy. I heard one person say, okay, I heard Dave Anderson say, I will rest when my work is done. The problem is, is our work is never done, right? And so I think that's why God gives us this rest or really instructs us to take a rest and to make it a part of our way of living. Because if we don't, hear me on this, if we don't, then our life may be cut short. Think stroke, think heart attack. Like my friend and colleague, Jack Beard, who we found the next morning at his desk with his head down, heart attack, dead as a doornail. Too many years of overwork and his heart just gave out. Sometimes we're forced to take rest by having a heart attack. I don't want to be there, do you? And so when I think about it, rest, rest I think is a way that God actually gives us life. You guys follow me this morning. And not only are we to make rest a part of our way, as God instructs us to do here at Exodus chapter 20, we're also to make sure that people in our sphere of influence, people in our care also take a rest. God reiterates the point that he made in Exodus 20 in in, in Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 14, when he said, Deuteronomy chapter five, verse 14, when he says this, but the Sabbath day is is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. God's people... The Israelites, now us, are to seek the welfare of people in their care, of their neighbor, people in their sphere of influence, which in this context for the Israelites were their servants. Now, God's doing a lot of foreshadowing here, a big foreshadowing here in Exodus and Deuteronomy, because at this point in time, the Israelites, they don't have any servants and they don't even have land yet. But he's telling them that when you do, you are to live in a different way than the Egyptians. Remember, the Israelites were freed from the Egyptians, and the Egyptian way was to work people to death. God's saying, no, 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 not. If you're gonna be my people, we don't, we don't do that. We don't exploit people that way. We don't exploit God creations that way. And so by instructing the Israelites by, to take one day of rest and to make sure that the people in their care also, also are able to take that rest, God is saying that everyone needs a day of relaxation. Everyone needs to get their batteries recharged, not just those who have the power to do so. Are you following me this morning? And so we're to rest. We're to rest from the seemingly never-ending work that we have. We, we, we are to help other people rest. 
I know for me, this, for a long time, Kristen will agree, this was very difficult for me because I used to bill every six minutes. So time actually was money for me. And she will tell you that I used, when I, in bed, we had a nightstand next to my side and I would have pen and paper because in the middle of the night, I'd wake up and I'd have these thoughts and I'd, I could bill for that. So I'd write those thoughts down in the middle of the night, right? Yeah, and when I was at church, oh man, I, I always had my bulletin and I was always taking notes, but not in the sermon because I could bill for that time. I was really rewriting briefs that I was writing and thinking about other ways to, to make it better. I couldn't get free of the endless nature of my work. I didn't know what Sabbath was. And it worked to me to such an extent, I think I may have testified to this before, that I became a very anxious person and I struggled with anxiety because I never thought, I, I always thought I had to do more. And, to, and I got so anxious at times I, where I felt like I couldn't speak anymore in public or I thought I was gonna cry because I was bursting at the seams, right? That's what overwork can do to us. That's what can happen to a workaholic. And the only time I ever felt good was when I was doing my addiction, right? When I, when, I was, when I was working, that's the only time I felt okay. Does that make sense? Overwork can kill us. God says, no, that's not the way I created you to be. One day in seven, take a rest. Take a rest. Take a breath. There's another reason why God, God tells us to take a rest. He tells us this in Deuteronomy chapter five, verse 15. He says this, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you, he's talking to the Israelites here, commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. You see, the Egyptians made the Israelites work seven days a week without a rest. And in doing so, they dehumanized the Israelites into RGUs. Do you guys know what I'm talking about when I say RGUs? Revenue generating units. That's how I was referred to as a young associate at this law firm. You're an RGU. And we can become RGUs when we worship our work, when we never take a break, when we got caught up in the, in the busyness of life. And so we embrace this, this fourth instruction that God gives us. We are to rest on the Sabbath to remember, and for the Israelites, to remember everything that God had, had delivered them from. For, the, for them, it was actually delivering them from slavery delivering from a way of life that worked them to death. We are to remember everything that God has delivered us from sin or maybe from a workaholic attitude or maybe from the busyness of life or from anything that has or continues to dehumanize us. We are to take a break and let God breathe into us. And so Sundays became the day when community of faith would gather to remember God's redemptive work through community worship. Sundays became the day that, that community of faith came together to celebrate God's redemptive work through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ by sharing the Lord's Supper together. And so maybe, I don't know, just maybe, this is one way how we keep the Sabbath day holy by remembering God's redemptive work in our life, by remembering who we were before God changed 
everything for us. Are you following me here? Jesus, I think, even brings more clarity to how we are to keep this Sabbath day holy. And it's a little different. It's a little different than the Pharisees and the teachers of the law thought. Remember, we take a Sabbath to rest from the endless nature of our work. We take a Sabbath to help other people rest. We take a Sabbath to remember God's redemptive work in our life. And then, and then Jesus gives us some more instruction. Listen to what we're told here in Luke chapter, Luke chapter 4. And it's interesting that Jesus' ministry of teaching and healing actually begins on the Sabbath, as recorded in both the Gospels of Luke and, and Matthew. Listen to what Jesus says here in Luke chapter 4, beginning of verse 16. He, Jesus, went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. So I want us to hear that Jesus made it a part of his way to gather with a community of faith, right? To worship the one true God. J- Jesus each week did that. I, I want to make sure that you understand that. As followers of Jesus Christ, we're supposed to do what Jesus does, right? I want you to hear that Jesus kept the Sabbath and came to worship. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. And so Jesus is reading from Isaiah, and he's actually reading about himself. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. Jesus uses a Greek word here, aphesis, which, which literally means, and this is what Jesus came to do, to set free and to release. Now, this Greek word, aphesis, is the Greek translation of a, and this is why, why I want to talk to you about it, it's important for us to understand this. It's, it's the Greek translation of a Hebrew word that means to release debt in the Sabbath year. The Israelites were supposed to have this practice that in the Sabbath year, if someone owed them a debt, they were to release it. So Jesus is using this word ephesus, so everybody here knows what he's talking about here. To set free, to release, it has Sabbath connotations to it. And then Jesus says this in Luke 4, 21, continuing in in this passage. Jesus tells the crowd in the synagogue on the Sabbath, he says, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, the kind of release that the Lord's Sabbath was intended to bring is going to be embodied in the life and work of Jesus Christ. Now, this word ephesus also means another type of release, and that is a release that it, it, it's 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 a forgiveness release. It's it's a release from the bondage of of sin and, and shame. Thus, what began? Hear me on this. What began with God's fourth love instruction has now come to be embodied in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has come to release everyone from anything that keeps us in bondage, whether that's poverty, whether that's debt, whether that's sickness, whether that's sin, whether that's shame. Interestingly, not everyone was happy when Jesus set people free on the Sabbath. And Jesus became angry with people who complained about him embodying this Sabbath principle of release on the Sabbath. Listen to this interesting interaction here in Luke chapter 13, beginning of verse 10. 
On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work. So come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. Is this guy serious with that comment? Now we chuckle a little bit. But this is a warning for those of us who take, because I'm going to guarantee you this synagogue leader, man, he had a lot of proof texting he could throw out there from the Old Testament. Jesus, man, we just don't, we don't do that on the Sabbath. Whenever we take a verse and use it to support some position that we have and thinking that it's really true and it could be true in a particular context and we elevate that (laughs) truth over what God came to do, oh, be very, very careful. Be very, very careful that we're not holding people down. Are you guys with me this morning? All right. Because it gets Jesus pretty fired up when we do kind of stuff like that. Listen to what Jesus says. Verse 15, the Lord answered him, you hypocrites. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated. The, but the people, <laughs> the people who are coming to hear truth, to be set free, to be given life by God. But the, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing, bottom line, in answering this question of what it means to keep the Sabbath holy, I think that Jesus' words and actions tell us it's, it's not just about taking a rest from the endless nature of our work, which is important to do, but it's not just about that. And it's not just about taking time to remember, as a community of faith, remember and celebrating God's redemptive work in us. Although that's very important and that's part of it. It's not all of it. But it also means giving rest to other people, giving life to other people, which may mean that we actually do Jesus kind of work on the Sabbath. As I was was thinking about this this morning and and, and, and getting ready, I I, I couldn't help but think of a a couple in our church, and they usually attend the nine service, a a couple by the name of Ty and Reba Stoller and their life group. What they've done this fall is is that two Sundays a month, they have been making a meal for the Linfield football team and inviting all the players to come over and have a meal. And we've been getting about 40 to 60 players to come over for a meal on a Sunday night. I'm gonna tell you right now, that takes a lot of work to prepare for football guys who like to eat. (laughs) That's Jesus kind of work though. Because what they're doing is, is they're creating this environment where these guys can come and relax, 
kick back, be loved on, experience the love of Jesus Christ, maybe develop some relationships with these, with these followers of Jesus Christ. And, and, and we broke them out and we all have certain, I have the quarterbacks and the tight ends and someone else has the linemen and we send them, we send them texts even on Sundays when we're supposed to be resting, right? Because isn't that what you were told to do when you were growing up, at least me, do nothing, just after church, go home, take a nap and eat? Jesus says, go do Jesus kind of work. Maybe that means bringing physical or emotional or spiritual healing and restoration to someone who needs it right here, right now, today, on Sunday, not on Monday. You guys with me this morning? Mm. By taking a day of rest each week and reflecting on why we do, I hope and I pray that we leave our Sunday worship experience as Sabbath people. As people who show the world it's, it's healthy. No, it's, it's actually godly to take a rest from the endless nature of our work. And, and to be a people, to give rest to other people. Maybe that starts in our family. If you're a leader in your family, maybe you're to make sure that everyone in your family takes a rest. And maybe if you're a person of authority in your, in your work, you make sure that those who report to you are taking a rest, you're checking in on them. I just thought about this, it just came to me, so I'll share it. You guys know Lindsay, right? Lindsay English? I mean, she, there's no doubt she has a spirit on her, right? And you see her as she worships and she works with our kids and stuff. And so I, I, I actually do this. I actually check PTO. And so I was checking this week to see who on our team had taken PTO. And she's the only person on our team that hasn't taken PTO yet this year. So I called her to my office and I said, hey, we have to have a talk. And she comes in, she's like, oh, what's it? Goes the other I'm like, you haven't taken any vacay yet. She's what? I'm like, no, you, you haven't taken any PTO yet. You need to do it. It's not healthy. I want you to take a rest at some point in time. Go take, you, you earned it. You're only gonna be better if you do. That's what I'm talking about. Are you, you following me here? If you're an owner of a business, oh man, please make sure your people take a rest. It's godly. If we're gonna call ourselves Father Jesus Christ, then we have to be a people that set that tone. Are you guys following me? So what I want you to do this week, I want you to reflect on these two questions. If you wanna write these two questions down, write them down. If you wanna take a picture, then, then, then take a picture. What, what do I need rest from? Uh, maybe it's the endless nature of your work, but that can be broader than what you get paid for. Because we can be caught up in the busyness and craziness of life and maybe we need to declutter our lives in various ways so that we get the rest that we need. Please know after the service, I'm going to the beach with my beautiful wife and my really cute dog. Oh, we're gonna just breathe in some of God's goodness. Please try to avoid texting me or calling me Friday on afternoons unless it's an emergency. That's a time when, man, I really like to take a nice hard nap. Pastors, sometimes we fail in living out a Sabbath. Are you, are you guys following me? And then ask this question, what do I need to do to give other people rest? And that could be 
physically, emotionally, or spiritually. Because if we're going to call ourselves people of the way, people of Jesus Christ, then we need to live the Sabbath and encourage others to do it. I don't know about you, but, uh, but sometimes for me, I have to actually step into God's presence before I can rest. And, and when, I, when, I, when I do that and let God, maybe it's through worship music or what, whatever it may be, when I do that, when I step into God's presence, what it does is it allows God to change everything about me, my, my thinking, my perspective, my focus in life. It helps me refocus on what matters, which then allows God to give me the rest that my body needs, that my soul needs, and and our souls are our mind and our wills and our emotions, and sometimes my mind and my emotions are going all the time. I need a rest. And the rest that my, my spirit needs. And then when that happens, then I can be a person who actually... Works to give rest to people in my care, who actually cares about the people that I may work with or live life with, and not be so demanding that I'm driving people into the ground. Are you guys following me this morning? So what I'd like you guys to do is our worship team comes. I want us, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do some things differently today, a little differently. I want us to stand and, and we're going to sing a new song. We haven't sung this here before. Some of you may have heard this song before. And I, I love the chorus of it. And, and the chorus is, is like one moment in your presence changes everything. Here I am abandoned. You are all I seek. Have your way with me. And as we sing this song this morning, I just want you to allow God's spirit just to come over you. To refresh you to give you rest. You may be a person that has to actually schedule rest. I schedule workouts. I need that kind of, I know that's weird, rest. Are you guys with me this morning? And, and I just feel compelled and, and I probably should do this more often than not. I always think it's just, it's just a known, but I, I need to, we have this huge altar here now. Sometimes, sometimes it's just helpful just to come and kneel and, or stand and, and, just, and just let God work and maybe change some thinking or some of your life practice. And you just want God to breathe into you. I want you to know it's always open. God's altar is, is a place of grace and refreshment. And if you feel the need that you just want to come this morning and just meet God at God's altar and have God refresh your spirit, know that you can do, you can do that here. And we'll just, we'll just pray on your behalf. We'll sing. And after we're done, I'm going to come back up and I'm going to give us instruction. We're actually going to celebrate God's redemptive work by taking and sharing the Lord's Supper this morning. But in a different way than we typically do it. So at the end of the song, stay with me because I'm going to instruct and we're going to go. Are you guys following me? So will you stand with me as, as Jamie just leads us in this, this beautiful song. And if, if today you just need to come to God's altar and <laughs> just be refreshed, then, then no, you can. Come and just say, God, just please give me the rest that I need.